property, plain and simple. It has become the law of the land, but at the expense of the First Amendment. What the Supreme Court did was they, they took the Constitution, the 14th Amendment, and they put the First Amendment squarely in the crosshairs and then pulled the trigger. Same-sex couples celebrated and started getting married within hours of that decision. A recovery crew has reached a remote site in southeast Alaska where a sightseeing plane crashed on Thursday, killing all nine people on board. The aircraft is sitting at a steep angle on a towering granite face. This is SRN News. Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary's latest book is The Customer Conundrum, Nine Crucial Steps for Winning Customers and Outsmarting Your Competition. He's also the author of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now, here's Gary Smith. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM WSDK, Bloomfield, Hartford. Great to have you along for the ride this morning. Hope you're enjoying your weekend so far. Uh, looks like, uh, you know, it's going to uh, perhaps be a rainy day uh, tomorrow or I guess tonight into tomorrow. But, uh, you know, get out, get your yard work done. But don't do that until after you listen to the show today. Uh, great to have you along for the ride. Uh, thanks to Dave Reno for being in studio this morning. Uh, Dave uh, is in for, uh, for Zach, who was on vacation this week. And uh, so it's just uh, great to uh, get a chance to see him uh, most of the time on Saturday mornings. Dave isn't here, so it's nice for us to be able to catch up and talk a little bit uh, before and, and during the show. Anyway, today uh, we have an interesting show. While I give you a little bit of an introduction, uh, grab uh, a notebook and a pencil or a pen or something like that because we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff that you're going to want to write down. And I do have, um, <clears throat> yeah, I do have some uh, some slides, uh, some PowerPoint slides and stuff like that. So <clears throat> as you go through. And take notes uh, if you would like a copy of the uh, of the slides so that you can uh, so that you can do stuff uh, with them later on. Uh, feel free to email me at questions at optex.com and I'll be happy to uh, reply to your email and uh, and throw those slides in so that you can uh, so that you can use them. Today we're going to be talking about the whole uh, concept of achievement, and we're going to uh, we're going to do it in in three segments. Uh, one is uh, the first segment is we're going to talk about uh, the whole concept of effective versus efficient. And then we're going to talk about uh, looking at the various aspects of how you go about achieving uh, or more, more than that, defining uh, your purpose, what it is that you're really going after. And then how do you go about achieving uh, that purpose? And 
so that's that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today. So as I said, you'll want to take some notes as we uh, as we go through things, and it's it's going to get pretty detailed, but I think we can get through it. I think we'll have a lot of fun uh, talking about it. The first thing that uh, that we want to do is is look at how we approach, and, and this is primarily, it applies to our personal lives as far as personal development and stuff, but I really want to look at it from the standpoint of our businesses, you know, our jobs, what it is that we're looking to accomplish career-wise uh, in our lives. And, uh, and so what I want you to do as we start out here is grab a piece of paper, and if you would, take, uh, you know, take your pen or pencil and draw a line down the middle of the page. Uh, so that uh, the the paper is divided into two columns, and on the top left column, what I want you to do the top uh, top of the left hand column, I want you to write the word effective, and then if you would go over to the top of the right hand column and write the word efficient. So we have effective and efficient, and then under uh, effective, what I'd like you to do is write two things. First, I want you to write the word what. And then under that, if you would, write the phrase, doing the right things, doing the right things. And then if you'd go over to the uh, column that's labeled efficient, and I want you to write under that the word how. And then under that, write the phrase, doing things right. Now, this is a very simple model, but it's very, very powerful from the standpoint that uh, most of the time when I start working with people, when I start coaching people, everybody wants to jump over to the right-hand column because we're concerned about we got to do more. We're behind. We're just you know overwhelmed with things to do. And so our focus is that we want to become more and more efficient. And I get that. Everybody lives uh, such busy, busy lives, and thanks to uh, to technology – uh, that problem has gotten uh, increasingly more challenging because we ha- we're constantly during the course of our days getting bombed with emails and text messages and phone calls. And because of the technology, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like with the cell phone technology, it's sort of like we've hung the bell on the cat. And virtually everywhere you go, people can find you. And people, uh, your customers, your bosses expect to be able to find you. Um, and I know I, I see that in my own children. My youngest daughter literally has to have a phone with her 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because when the company reaches out to her, they expect to be able to get a hold of her and give her assignments, give her things to work on. And uh, and so it becomes a point where uh, I think it's a combination of where we're so busy and we've got so much stuff coming at us. And that in combination with the fact that we just get tired we get exhausted because we never uh, have the opportunity to be able to unplug ourselves and just be able to sit back and, and relax and kind of reflect on what's going on in our lives. So the focal point becomes, well, we got to get more efficient. we got to get more stuff done. And everybody seems to head in that direction until I ask them one question, and that question is, what if you're doing the wrong stuff? What if you're not focused on doing the right stuff? And how do you go about deciding with all of the stuff that you have to do? How do you go about deciding what stuff you should be working on and what stuff you shouldn't? And it's it's almost like uh, the example that I use is, um, you know, I, I love to eat good food. And so when you go out to something like a hometown buffet, I can go in and I can get the biggest plate that they have. And I go through the line and I pile my food on. And if you were to do that and you got over to your table – 
If I ask you to look at your plate and describe to me what's on your plate and tell me what's, what stuff that's on your plate is really good stuff to eat and what stuff might not be so good, you could do that pretty easily, couldn't you? I mean, you can look at it and say, you know what, uh, you know, the, the fresh fruit and the green beans and the salad, that stuff is really pretty healthy for me. But uh, the garlic mashed potatoes and, uh, you know, the, the, the baked stuffed shrimp and the lobster mac and cheese, you know, that sort of stuff is not so good for me. Well, instead of envisioning food, think about things from the perspective of that plate, instead of containing food, has all of the stuff that you have to do in your life. How do you go about looking at that stuff and determining what you need to do, what you don't need to do right now, and what stuff you shouldn't be even doing at all? And that's the real challenge that all of us face. And that's one of the challenges that I face as a coach. Uh, a number of, uh, it was a couple of years ago, I was speaking before uh, a group of, uh, of businessmen and I uh, mentioned during, I was actually giving a talk on time management, and I gave the, uh, you know, let people know that I was a business and personal coach. And one of the guys who was sitting about three rows back in the audience, uh, you know, just blurted out, ah, you coaches, none of you know what you're doing. And I said, well, excuse me, you know, and he, he was embarrassed that he had said it. And he said, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't really mean to, you know, to interrupt you. And I said, no, no, this is a great learning opportunity. Tell me why you feel that way. And he said, well, a number of years ago, he said, I hired a fellow uh, as an executive coach and over several months of working with him and having spent several thousand dollars, uh, you know, it really didn't work out. And I said, well, please tell me why it didn't work out, because this is an opportunity for everybody in this room to learn something. And he said, well, he said the upshot of it was, is that after three months with this guy, he said, I had another to-do list from hell. And he said, what do you have to say about that? And I said, uh, shame on your coach. It said, it sounds like you already had a full plate of things to do. Uh, and your coach gave you another full plate of things to do. And he said, yeah, exactly. And I said, you know, that's, I view my job as a coach, not so much from the viewpoint of I'm going to give you more stuff to do. My job is to get you focused on doing the right stuff. And most of the time, if I get you focused on doing the right stuff, the stuff that you have to do is a lot less. It's just a whole lot more important. And that's one of the things that we find, because like I said at the beginning of the show, people tend to jump over to the efficient side of the equation. That's where we want because we want to get more stuff done rather than taking the time to focus on what stuff we really should be doing. And I actually have a whole system that I teach that allows you to take all of your stuff and kind of, you know, push it through a funnel where you look at every single thing that you have to do in your life, kind of one piece of paper at a time and, and create a system that allows you to take things like your mail, your notes, your magazines, newspapers, meetings and obligations, lists of things that you have to do, ideas that you're thinking about, uh, stuff that's time sensitive, emails and web information, voicemails, text messages, all of that stuff that we have in our lives. And it allows you to put it through a system uh, and manage that stuff. 
so that you can look at it and say, what is it and what do I need to do with it? You know, is it, do I trash it? Do uh, I put it in a file system to be dealt with later? Um, do I put it on my calendar? Do, you know, is it a reference type of thing that I want to be able to file but lay my hands on when I need it? And sort of looking at things from the standpoint of what's the next action? What is it that I have to do? How am I going to deal with this? And that's really kind of when you look at success in your business and success in your career, that's what separates the men from the boys. Uh, and I'm not being sexist in that comment. It separates the women from the girls, too. Uh, but it's looking at things from the standpoint you know, of getting on that left-hand side of the page first and looking at it from the standpoint of what is it that I should be doing? What are the things that I really need to focus on? How do I organize myself? And those people who will start on the effective side of the equation and focus on doing the right things first will accomplish more in just a few years than most people will accomplish in an entire lifetime. So what they do is they look at, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? What's my life supposed to be all about? And what is it that I'm really focused on achieving in my business, in my career? And they take it beyond that to look at in their church life, in their relationship with Christ, you know, in all of our aspects of lives as a husband, as a wife, as a father or a mother, um, you know, as a, you know, with the extended family, what am I supposed to be about in these various set of circumstances? So they get to a point where they've really defined what the right things are. And then and only then, only when they have defined what it is that they're supposed to be all about, do they then begin uh, looking at the right-hand side under that efficient column and saying, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm focused on doing the right stuff. Now how do I do that stuff as, e- as efficiently as I possibly can? How do I organize myself so that I'm always focused on my, uh, on my top priorities? And this is not new stuff. That has, this has been around for years and years and years. I mean, I remember, uh, and many of you uh, who are uh, you know, in your 40s and 50s uh, may remember uh, an example that was given years and years ago uh, by Charles Schwab, who had gone in. He had taken over a company called U.S. Steel, and this was back in the 1930s. And he was struggling with the productivity of his leadership team. And he hired a gentleman named Ivy Lee, who was an efficiency expert, and asked Mr. Lee to come in uh, and take a look at his organization. And he said to him, uh, if you can help me um, bring this organization to a point where my leadership team is much more uh, effective and efficient at what they do, I will pay you whatever you ask within reason. And Ivy Lee said, there's a very simple system that I'm going to teach you. And basically what he told uh, Charles Schwab to do is he said, take out a piece of paper. And what I want you to do is I want you to write on that piece of paper the six most important things that you have to do tomorrow. And Schwab did it. He took about 10 minutes and he wrote down the six most important things that he had to do. And Ivy Lee then said, all right, now what I want you to do is I want you to number those six things in order of their importance from one to six. And Schwab took a couple more minutes and and wrote those things down. And he said, okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to uh, fold that piece of paper up, put it in your pocket, and when you come in to work tomorrow morning, 
I want you to take that piece of paper out of your pocket. I want you to look at what's number one on the list, and I want you to start working on number one because you've already said that's what you need to work on, and that's the most important thing that you have to do. Stay focused on that as much as you possibly can. I realize there's going to be phone calls. There's going to be interruptions from people who need to talk to you. There's going to be meetings that you have to attend. But keep coming back to that number one and keep working on that until it's done. And then go on to number two and number three and and so on. And he said, you do that for two very, very important reasons. He said, number one is that if you can't get all six of those things done using that methodology, there is no other methodology in the world that will allow you to get those things done. But he said, more importantly, by doing that, you always stay focused on the most important tasks that you have in front of you. And that's kind of what we're talking about here is getting focused on doing the right things and then working to do those things as efficiently as we possibly can. So if we do that, that becomes the foundation of success, success in our business, success in our careers, success in our lives. So the next question we have to answer then is, okay, well, how do I go about figuring out what that focus is? How do I go about defining what my purpose is? And we can have a number of different purposes depending on whether we're thinking about our personal lives, our spiritual lives, uh, our business lives, our careers, whatever the case may be. And that's what we're going to talk about in our next segment. Right now, we're going to, uh, to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to delve into how do we go about discovering our purpose for our business and our careers. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. My organization asked me to find a speaker for one of our major events. I didn't know where to turn until a friend recommended that I contact Gary Smith. Gary was easy to work with and affordable. He designed and delivered an amazing program that met all of our needs. This is Gary Smith. If you're looking for a speaker who will entertain, educate, and inform your audience, Call me at 203-599-1467 to discuss your specific requirements. I speak on a wide range of business, personal development, and spiritual topics, and I'll create a program that is guaranteed to please. Again, I'm Gary Smith, and I look forward to your call. 203-599-1467. This is Life Changing Radio's President Bill Blount inviting you to join me on Twitter at BillBLCR. Each day I'll post stories of Christian interest, pictures, and just fun stuff. So join me on Twitter at BillBLCR. Demon activity in Mexico has brought an attempt to rid them from the region. So the Pope gets his climate change information from an atheist? Well, that explains a lot. Is your church turning away millennials using these phrases? So join me on Twitter at BillBLCR. Showers gradually develop this afternoon across the Connecticut Valley as a large area of rain moves into the region from the west near 70. Heavy rain likely by tonight along with thunder and gusty winds 60. All that winds down by afternoon tomorrow mid-70s. Sunshine's back Monday, a pleasant day along with a dry breeze mid to upper 70s. Randy Berkson with a WSDK weather update. Okay, welcome back to the Gary Smith Show. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, In our first segment, we were talking about the whole idea of effective versus efficient and how to figure out what doing the right things looks like in our lives. And now as we get into our second segment, I want to talk to you a little bit about how do we figure out what the right things are. So following on with our conversation on business and our careers, 
When we look at, uh, at our business and our careers, how do we go about deciding what it is that we should be focused on, kind of what our purpose is? And that's what we want to, uh, to talk about in this next segment. And there are, there are four things that I think are really, really key uh, when we're thinking about things in our career, our, our growth in our career, or uh, if maybe, maybe you're the type of person who, you know, you have that entrepreneurial spirit and you're really interested in starting a business. And, and so you have to sort of start out by taking a, an assessment. And, and as we look at things, uh, the first thing that we want to do is we want to look at what it is that we really love to do. Have you ever thought about that? What is it that you really like to do in life? You know, and one of the ways to look at that is to say, okay, if, uh, you know, if I had enough money that I didn't have to worry about, um, you know, my bills being paid, you know, was financially secure and stuff like that. What are the things that I would absolutely get up and go to work and do absolutely for free just because I love it so much? And if you take a few minutes, you know, and, and sometimes you need to, you, know, you need to just get away uh, and, and spend some time thinking about that. Grab a notebook and go to the beach or go to your favorite place where you like to go when you just want some quiet time and you want to be able to think and start working on making a list of all of the things that you really love to do. Uh, and, and, and what skill sets do you have that you really have worked hard at developing and you really enjoy, you know, enjoy, uh, you know, those sorts of things. Um, it's interesting back, I think it was back in 2006, I had the pleasure of traveling to Kazakhstan and I taught at a university over there for a while. Um, and it was called the Kazakh American Free University. And the university was created by a fellow who was a former of minister, former minister of education in Kazakhstan. And what had happened was that after the uh, after the Iron Curtain fell, uh, the Soviets, uh, the Russians, had pulled out of Kazakhstan, and they were the ones who had all of the technology. And at that point, the only uh, real economic uh, stimulus that the uh, that Kazakhstan had was in their oil supply. And uh, the fellow who was the minister of education in Kazakhstan was looking at it and saying, gee, we need to raise up uh, a brand new generation of leaders uh, in this uh, in this country who are not Russians, but who are Kazakh. And so he actually created this Kazakh American Free University, and it was called Kazakh American University because he partnered with a number of people and businesses here in the United States because he wanted students to be taught uh, business from uh, the free enterprise capitalistic model because he realized that that was what his country really needed. Well, I was over there and I uh, had the pleasure of teaching at both the undergraduate and the graduate level. Uh, on the undergraduate level, I taught a class in strategic planning, and at the graduate level, I taught a class in corporate management. And when I was working with the undergraduate students, uh, they all thought that the class was in going to be involved in creating a strategic plan for this, you know, multi-billion-dollar multinational organization. And the first assignment that I gave them was to create a mission statement, a personal mission statement. And everybody kind of looked at me like I had three heads and said, "Well, why would we want to do that?" And I said, "What credibility do you have?" in creating a strategic plan for a multi-billion dollar multinational corporation that might employ hundreds of thousands of people 
if you can't create a mission statement for a company of one. And so they uh, they started sort of reluctantly to get into it, but the more they worked on it, the more they you know the more they really got into it uh, and got excited about creating this mission statement. Well, there was a group of them uh, on a Friday that came to me and said, you know, we realize there isn't any class on Saturday, but uh, would you be willing to meet with us on Saturday and and help us get through some of the struggles that we have? And I said, okay. And so there was a small group of us. We sat in a circle in a in one of the classrooms. And most of what they were, uh, and and this was completely understandable, most of what they were looking at uh, as far as their mission statements was that most of them had come from fairly humble economic backgrounds. And so they were looking at things from the standpoint of, you know, well, I want to have a lot of financial success. I want to have a beautiful home. I want to have fancy cars. I want to have a boat on the Mediterranean. I want to have a jet. I want to travel all over the world and those sorts of things. And and so I could understand where they were coming from and why they had those sorts of dreams. But one of the things that I said, you know, guys, let's, let's step back here for a minute. I want to paint a picture for you, and I want to think about, I want you to think about something. Imagine yourself being 95 years old. You're at the end of your life. You are, uh, you're in your bed, you're bedridden, uh, and your doctor has just left your side and told you that you have 24 hours to live. At that point in time, what's going to be the most important thing in your life? What are the things that are really going to matter to you? Is it going to be the seven-bedroom, seven-bathroom home that you have when you can't even get out of bed and use your own bathroom? Is it going to be the $150,000, $200,000 sports car sitting in your driveway that you can't drive anymore? Is it going to be you know, the multi-million dollar luxury yacht on the Mediterranean that you'll never, ever see again? And my point to them was simply this, that as we look at our lives, it's not just about the things that we want to have. It's not just about financial success. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But it's not just about money and things. It's about people and relationships. And so as you think about that, you know, what is it that you love to do? How do you like to interact with people? How do you go about touching lives of people? Make that sort of list for yourself and then begin to, you know, to, to really think about, you know, like, uh, you know, like Ivy Lee did with Charles Schwab. If you were to put that list together and then say, okay, you know, maybe I've got a list of, you know, of 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 things, what are the top three, four, five things that really excite me, things that really get me out of bed in the morning and get my motor running and, and really can help drive me through the day. Then once you've done it, you've defined what it is that you love. Now look at that list again and say, okay, out of these things that I've listed that I really love, what am I really good at? What am I really great at? What am I outstanding at? Or what could I be outstanding at? And begin to narrow that list down. And I mean, as an example, one of the things uh, as, a, as a, a, a child and as a young adult up through my college years that I absolutely loved to do was play golf. Uh, I, you know, when I was in college, uh, I had to take a physical education class for every semester that I was in college. And I took every golf class known to man because I loved to play golf. Now, that's one of the things that I loved. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't that good at it. I mean, I could, you know, I could, you know, do okay. I could hold my own on the golf course. But as an example, I mean, I I might have loved golf, 
Uh, but if I had ever had any vision of being a professional golfer, being on the PGA Tour or anything like that, as soon as I looked and looked at the next question and said, well, am I really, really good at it? Uh, the answer would have been, uh, no, sorry, Charlie. You know, that's not something that I'm really, really good at. And that's okay. You know, uh, one of the comments I make to people is there are very, very few things in life that I'm really good at. And the things that I'm, that I'm really good at, I am really good at. But there's a whole bunch of things in life that I'm not good at. I really stink. And that's fine because that's what we all have. We all have areas of expertise in our life. You know, you kind of divide your life into several categories. You know, one is stuff that I'm really, really great at, and that's the stuff that I should be focused on. Uh, two is stuff that I'm sort of okay at, uh, you know, but, but nobody's going to pay me to do it. And the third area is stuff that I shouldn't even think about because I'm not good at it at all. So think about those things. And what are you really, really good at? And then, you know, so now we're at a point where we've said, all right, here's the stuff that I really love to do. Out of the stuff that I really love to do, here's the stuff that I'm really, really great at. Then the third question becomes continuing to narrow that list down. What is it that the world really needs? What is it that the world needs? I mean, I could be really, really great at underwater basket weaving, and I really love to do it. But is that anything that the world has a need for? Mm-hmm. Probably not. That's one of the struggles that I have uh, with a lot of uh, a lot of people going to college today, is that it's you know they're not looking at their education from the standpoint of what are the marketable skills that I'm going to get, are the skill sets that I'm grabbing onto stuff that the world needs, and so you know they go in and they kind of get this general education. You know, or they get you know an education now in uh, in history or things like that, and it narrows down the market of what they're going to be able to do because you know uh, you know history is great if it's something that uh, that you're passionate about and you want to be a teacher that could be a wonderful thing for you. Uh, but if you have no desire to be a teacher, having a degree in history pretty severely limits what you're going to be able to do in the workplace. Because you're not going to be able to walk into a whole lot of businesses and say, well, I have a degree in history and have the person say, well, you know, unfortunately, we're an accounting firm. If you don't have a degree in accounting or, you know, or at least some financial background, what are you going to do? You know, we can't, we can't have you work here. So it's looking at what does the world need and what skill sets do I have? So you know, we've kind of developed three things now. You love it, you're great at it, and it's something that the world needs. But then the last part of it that really kind of finalizes the list is looking at it and saying, okay, is it something I can get paid for? And is it something that I can get paid for that will pay me enough money to make it worth my while to be able to do it? And that was where you really kind of narrow that list down to maybe two or three things that you love, you're great at. It's something that, that the world needs you know, from the standpoint that there is a market out there for that skill set, and it's something that you can get paid for. So those are the four key things you need to think about. And, and when if you envision those four things as kind of like four intersecting circles, the, the junction between you love it and you're great at it really defines what is it that you're passionate about in life? What is your true passion? And then if you look at it between you love it and something that the world needs, the intersection of those two circles is your mission. What is my mission in life? And then 
if you look at it from the standpoint of the world needs it and it's something that I can get paid for, there's a potential vocation there. It's something that is a, you know, that is a viable vocation for me. And if I'm great at it and I can get paid for it, then it becomes my profession. It's a profession that I can pursue. And when you look at the center point of all of these intersecting things, that's what your real purpose is. That's what your focal point can be. And it can really help you define what it is that you want to be able to accomplish in life. And it's so important, I think, to have, you know, to be passionate about what you do. Uh, a number of years ago, and many of you, many of you know, I work as a consultant, uh, a business consultant. But a number of years ago, I read a book that was written by a professor at Stanford University. And the title of the book was very simple, How to Become a Consultant. And in the first, I, was, I don't think it was even in the first chapter, I think it was in the foreword that he wrote uh, to the book, he said, in order to be successful as a consultant, and I would say in order to be successful at anything in life, but he was saying in order to be successful as a consultant, your work must first become your play. Because then and only then will you be willing to invest the effort to be really, really good at what you do. And I think that applies to any area of life. You know, your, your work has to become your play uh, in order for you to be willing to do it. So that's where loving it and being great at it and having a passion for it is, you know, really comes in. Because without that passion, without that fire inside of you that, that drives you, uh, you know, you're not really ever going to realize your true potential. Uh, and in some cases, you know, we have the passion right up front. In some cases, we have to take the time to develop that passion in order to be really, really good at, at what we do. When we look at mission, you know, we, I love it and it's something that the world needs. Then the mission becomes, okay, how am I going to fulfill that? How do I take what it is that I love and that I'm really, really good at, that I'm passionate about, and how do I go about approaching the world? with what it is that I do. What is my mission? And, and how do I go about crafting that mission statement that says, this is what I really want to do with my career? And that takes sometimes uh, some thought, some creativity. And there again, that's where somebody like me who works as a business coach can be a lot of help, not so much in telling you what you need to write, but in asking you the kinds of questions and helping you dig down deep and really create something that's meaningful, something that when you read the mission statement, you know, it links to that passion and it fuels that stuff uh, within you, that energy within you to get you to go where you need to go. And, and then the whole idea of a vocation, your passion and your, and your mission combine and really helps you define uh, what vocations out there are useful for those skill sets that you have. And in some cases, it may be pretty obvious. In other cases, when you sit down and do some brainstorming, there may be some things out there that you have no idea, uh, you know, never even thought of before that potentially could open up uh, fields of endeavor that you've never even thought about that might be very, very, not only very applicable, but extremely exciting uh, as far as opportunities for you to grow. And then from that standpoint, you can begin to look at all of those things and say, okay, what kind of a profession do I really want to pursue? Uh, and it needs to be a profession, as I said, that's something that the world needs, that I have a mission 
that I can accomplish something I'm really, really passionate about. And that's what can really help you get from where you are to where you need to be. So that's a whole mouthful of stuff that we've, uh, that we've talked about. Again, if you have any questions, we've got time on the show today to talk about things. If you have any questions, give me a call, 860-432-9735. If you'd like to physically see the models that I've created, if that would help you to visualize where, uh, where you need to be, please email me at questions at optex.com. I'd be happy to, uh, to email those things to you so you can actually see them physically uh, and be able to write and scribble all over them. And, uh, and beyond that, if you want to meet with me and, uh, and let me help you walk through some of those things, I'm more than happy to, uh, to do that as well. With that, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to get into our final segment of the show and saying, okay, we have identified uh, our purpose, what it is that we're really going after, what we want as a profession, as a vocation, what we have a mission and a passion for. How do we go about making that happen? How do we really engage in the overall achievement process? So do not touch that radio dial. We'll be right back with our final segment of The Gary Smith Show. You know, I've owned this company for a long time. I love what I do, but things keep getting more and more challenging. Taxes, the economy, global competition, they're coming together in a way that may put me out of business if I don't find a better, more cost-effective way of doing things. Businesses are struggling more today than at almost any time in our history. Problems with our national economy, uncertainties in Washington, and the global political situation are keeping many companies from taking action and moving forward. I'm Gary Smith, and I'm in the business of helping companies survive and grow. From cost reduction and productivity improvement to new product introductions and market penetration, I can help you drive your business in the right direction. Call me at 203-599-1467 or email me at gary at for your free, no-obligation consultation. Download Life Changing Radio's app today. It's the perfect tool or accessory to keep within hand's reach. What does it do? It lets you listen to Life Changing Radio 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Get Bill's updates, a daily devotional from Our Daily Bread. Check out events happening in your area, get breaking news, and a whole lot more. Get it all in the palm of your hand. The Life Changing Radio app, available at your app store. Just look for the map of New England and the words Life Changing Radio. Gradually turning wet by late this afternoon across the Connecticut Valley. As a large area of rain moves eastward toward the region near 70, rain turns heavier tonight with gusty winds and thunder likely near 60. All that winds down by late tomorrow, mid-70s. Sunshine's back Monday, a pleasant day along with a dry breeze. Mid to upper 70s, Randy Berkson with a WSDK weather update. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show uh, for our final segment. I hope you're enjoying the show so far and that you've taken plenty of notes. As I said before, if you have any questions, we do have time to take questions, so give me a call, 860-432-9735. I'd be happy to, to chat with you. Uh, also, uh, if you would like some copies of the uh, of the slides that I've been using to talk to today, I've tried to be as clear as I can in defining uh, what they are, what they look like, 
like that sort of thing. But uh, but oftentimes I know I don't know about you folks, but I tend to be a very visual person. You know, show me a graph, show me a chart, and I'm really really happy. Um, so uh, if you'd like that, email me questions at optex.com. I'd be happy to pass that information along to you. So so far today we've talked about the need to focus on doing the right things before we get into uh, to doing things. Uh, as efficiently as possible. So effectiveness comes before efficiency. And effectiveness is defined as, you know, what is it that you're focused on? What is it that you that you really need or what is it that you have decided that you really need to do? Uh, focus on doing the right things. And then once you're doing the right things, focus on doing the right things the right way. And that's really what it comes down to. And then from that point, we started asking the question about, okay, well, how do I go about determining what those right things are? And we went through a process of looking at, you know, you love it. You're great at it. The world needs it. It's something you can get paid for. Really focused on saying, okay, what am I passionate about? What is my mission when it comes to my career and my business, you know, what kind of vocation does it support and what kind of a profession can I create from that uh, from that potential vocation? And that really kind of centers us on what our purpose is. So once we get to that point and we have, you know, we know what it is that we're trying to accomplish, how do we go about uh, about doing that? How do we go about actually working the achievement process and just as we talked about, um, you know, in discovering our purpose and our focal point, that there were like four intersecting circles, uh, we've got another model that, that has the four intersecting circles as well. And at the top of that model, uh, the first thing we want to talk about is the word intentional. We have to be very, very intentional about what we're doing. Uh, and, and I know that may sound very simplistic, but I think there's a depth there that, that we're not understanding uh, and that a lot of people don't get. It's like, yeah, I get the focal point and I'm sort of kind of out doing stuff. But are you very, very intentional about it? Have you decided what it is that you're going to do? Have you written it down? Do you focus on it? Do you have things, you know, on your refer- – and I know this is going to sound stupid, folks, and believe me, uh, when I first heard these things, I thought they were supremely dumb. And as a result of that, you know, I held – I was held back. I held myself back from getting where I wanted to be in life for so, so long. But do you, if you have a mission statement, is it written down? Is it on the mirror in your bathroom? Is it on your refrigerator? Is it in your car? Uh, do you have it prominently displayed at work so that and, and the whole idea behind it is that when you uh, when you get to a point where you encounter difficult things in life and we all will. I mean, in every business that I have ever known in any biz, every business I've owned or worked in uh, in every career, every job I've ever had. There are always times or have always been times for me anyway, where there were times when I had to sit back at work and ask myself, why in the world am I doing this? Why? You know, it just gets to a point sometimes where there are so many challenges and, or you get beat down so badly where you sit back and say, Lord, why am I doing this? I mean, it would be better for me to go and be a greeter at Walmart than it would be to go through all this crap. And if you don't have an answer for that question, 
If you don't have something you can look at that says, this is what I said I want to achieve, this is why I'm doing it, you might just get knocked down and not be able to get back up. So we have to be intentional. We have to set ourselves up for success. So once we've decided that we're going to accomplish something, we have to do everything that we possibly can physically and emotionally to stack the deck in our favor and make sure that when we hit those challenges, when we hit those, you know, those roadblocks in life, that the roadblocks become a little speed bump in the parking lot and not some massive three-foot-thick, eight-foot-tall concrete wall that we slam into that breaks every bone in our bodies. And obviously I'm talking about that from an emotional perspective, but that's where we need to be. We need to have that ammunition. We need to stack the deck in our favor so that every time we hit a challenge and we start asking ourselves, why am I doing this? We can instantly look at it and say, this is why. You know, I committed to doing this, and I'm going to see this thing through. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to find my, you know, find my way through things. So intentional is one thing. The next thing is that we have to be strategic. And by strategic, I mean that we need to have a long-term view of things. Uh, I think that uh, that we have grown up, uh, many of us have grown up uh, in sort of an instant society. You know, we have instant Quaker Oats. Uh, we have microwave uh, where you can throw, you know, throw a meal in and, in, you know, in a minute or two, you can have hot food to eat. Um, you know, we, we have this whole instant kind of philosophy, and it's driven us to some pretty wild places. I mean, when you have companies like Amazon that are saying, um, you know, we're, you know, they're experimenting or we're experimenting with drone delivery of their products in order to be able to get products to their customers faster. I mean, stop and think about it. If you were to go on Amazon and order something, you know, isn't, aren't you looking at it kind of in the back of your mind of, well, I, I just clicked the order button on this book. Where's my book? It's not here yet. I mean, it's only been 30 seconds. I mean, 30 seconds, you can't deliver my product to me. Then we go out and we check the, you know, check the mailbox every single day. Where's my book? Where's my book? Where's my book? And so we've got this instant gratification. I've done it. I want it now. And we, we fail to realize in many respects that when it comes to success in our lives, in our businesses, in our, in our careers, success is not an instant thing. Uh, that's one of the things that uh, that I have seen so much, and you hear it on the uh, uh, on the radio and on TV all the time. In fact, there's this one I won't name the radio station, but there's this one uh, commercial that keeps playing over and over and over from this guy uh, who claims to have a secret system for flipping houses and and making tons and tons of money. You know, and it's like, well, come on, hurry up, come and be part of my team. You're going to be an instant success. You're going to make a lot of money really, really fast. And when I hear that sort of stuff. And I, and I think every one of us needs to look at this, these things from the standpoint, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But what I really appreciate is when people will get up and when they're talking about business opportunities to say, you know what, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Any business, any career that is worth building that will ultimately lead to any level of success and, and, uh, and financial security is something that's going to take work. And that's perfectly okay. That's the way it should be because as we go through life, we get rewarded based on the effort that we're willing to put in. And if you're willing to put in consistent effort over a period of time, you're going to be successful at what you do. 
And so the whole concept of, of being strategic is to have that long-term view, is to be looking out and saying, you know, all right, you know, I'm committing myself, you know, to three, five, ten years, however long it's going to take, I'm going to hang in there and I'm going to continue working this process because, you know, I'm in it for the long haul, I'm not in it for the short run. So we have, we're intentional and we're strategic. The third thing is that we have to have a tactical approach. And tactical is more of the short term. One of the things that I always advocate for people is when you go out and let's say that you set a goal for yourself that is uh, two years into the future. So it might be, you know, December 31st of 2016, you set a goal and you want to achieve that. Um, Most people will set that goal and then they will wait until like October of 2016 and say, oh, crap. I've got 90 days to make this happen, and there's no way possible to be able to do that. So what I always advocate for people is once you have set a goal, whether that goal is you know 30 days from now or whether it's five years from now, ask yourself one very important question. What do I have to do today? What do I have to do right now in order to be able to make that goal a reality? Because that's really what it comes down to. It's, you know, if you have a goal that's, that's a year out from, from now, well, what do I have to do uh, six months from now? What needs to be accomplished? Start breaking that goal down into its component parts and keep asking yourself, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to make that happen until you have gotten it down to a point where you know what you have to do today? You know, and and then do that. Make sure that that little thing gets you know gets ticked off your list. Uh, my youngest daughter was a classic, classic example of that in the way she approached the work that she had to do when she was in college, because she would do tremendous amounts of reading. But I uh, I looked at her schedule one day, and she actually kept a notebook that had you know her to do list in it. And what she would do is a professor would give her a book that needed to be read, give the class a book, and the book would be 300 pages, and she had to have the book read in 30 days. And so she you know, was do, would do the math and say, 300 pages, 30 days, that means I have to read 10 pages a day. And literally every day on her to-do list, it would be read 10 pages of this book. And she didn't go to bed that night until those 10 pages were checked off. Yeah. Do you take that approach in the goals that you're pursuing in your life? If you don't, then you're really not truly tactical. So we have intentional. We really have to have committed to doing it. We're strategic from the standpoint that we're taking the long-term view and we're willing to hang in there and we're willing to work hard at it. And then we have tactical that says, I know what I have to do today in order to be able to achieve that goal. And then the last category that we want to talk about is we have to be productive. And that is that we need to get out there and we need to start making it happen. We need to have that to-do list, that Charles uh, Schwab to-do list, the top six or eight or ten things we're going to do every day. And when we get up, we got to get at it and we got to start hammering away at those things and working on our highest priorities. So those four things really come together. And again, it's like four intersecting circles. And the intersection between the intentional strategic means you have a vision for the future. You're really looking out there and looking at what your life is going to be, where your career is going to be at uh, between, oh, in the the next, 
you know, three to five years. And then the intersection between intentional and tactical says, I have a plan. I have a plan for how I'm going to go about achieving my purpose in life. And then the intersection between tactical and productive says, I'm taking action. I'm getting out there. I'm doing things consistently, persistently every single day in order to be able to make sure that I know where I'm going and that I'm getting there, that I'm checking those things off the list. And then the intersection between strategic and productive says, and this is a very important one, it says I have a tracking system to be able to measure my progress. One of my uh, one of my favorite people in the entire world, and I don't agree with everything he says, but I agree with an awful lot of what he says. Uh, his name is Tony Robbins, and Tony talks about uh, uses the example of when you go to achieve a goal that it's like uh, a plane flying from Los Angeles to Hawaii, and he said, you know, the plane takes off, and he said, do you realize that on that flight to Hawaii, that plane is off course ninety five percent of the time. And that's why they have an autopilot, because the autopilot is constantly coordinating with the satellites and looking at where the plane is, and its whole attitude is off course, correct, off course, correct, off course, correct. And through all of those little changes that are made, sure enough, a number of hours later, the plane lands right on a dime on the runway you know, in Honolulu. That's the way we need to approach goals. And we set a goal. We take action toward that goal, which is something we've already talked about. And then we begin to ask ourselves a question, and we do it consistently. And that question simply is, are my actions, are the actions that I'm taking, taking me closer to or further away from my goal? And if the actions are taking you closer to the achievement of that goal, then it becomes a matter of do more of the same. Keep doing the same things you've been doing because it's working. It's getting you where you want to be. If you get to a point where you look at it and say, no, this is taking me further away, then you have to do that course correction. You have to adjust. You have to try something else. And you go through that loop of try and do, try and do, try and do, try and do until you find the combination that works for you that is consistently taking you toward your goal. So those are the, those are the key things uh, that we need to, to look at. We need to be focused on doing the right things. We need to understand what our purpose is, what is it we're really going after. And then we have to have that intentional, strategic, tactical, productive approach to reaching out and really doing the achievement process. Again, if you have any questions or anything, please email me at questions at optex.com. Uh, I'll be more than happy to talk with you more about it and share more information with you on this because we just scratch the scratch on the scratch of the things that we need to be doing. With that, we're going to uh, wrap up another edition of the Gary Smith Show. Thanks so much for being along today. I hope you enjoyed the show today. And, uh, oh, before I forget, uh, next week, because it's the 4th of July weekend, I won't be here. But uh, we're going to do a replay of the show with my friend from New York City, Chris Hamilton. He is going to be on talking about uh, business strategies and and how to run a business from uh, Jesus' perspective. So with that, we'll say... uh, Very, very good weekend to you. Uh, Stay dry if you can. God bless you all. We'll look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks as we're back live with The Gary Smith Show. Until then, God bless you. Live your life on purpose.
Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.